Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hockey News on the A podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jacob Stoller from the Hockey News alongside Patrick Williams from thehl.com. We're going to start today's show, Pat, in Lehigh Valley, right in your backyard, where the Phantoms are off to an 8-6-2 start. But we're seeing a lot more of the Flyers kind of footprint on this team, as you told me about. Tell me about that to start this off. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, I think it's been well documented that in Philly, uh, massive changes in the past couple of years. Uh, first, obviously, John Tortorella comes in, which I yeah. mean, that's that's going to shake any, any, anyone up. Um, you're, you're bringing in a, a massive personality with, with a, a ton of influence, a ton of um, perspective on his way of doing things, um, more than – what, almost two decades in the NHL coaching business and somebody who also coached in the AHL. So he understands things at both levels. This past offseason, then you bring in Daniel Briere as the new general manager. Then you bring in Keith Jones uh, as the new president of Hockey Ops. So massive over, you know, overhaul. Um, you know, just even with the hockey side of things, then they, you know, they brought in, you know, new business people up top. So um, change, I think, is the operative term in Philly. Um, which, you know, that was um, that was a franchise that was so so much the model of consistency for really decades, right? Up until maybe the last four or five years. So, and we've talked about this effect in the AHL. There's a trickle down effect, right? Anything right. that happens with the NHL club eventually, good or bad, makes its way down to, to the American League club. Um, so, they have Ian Lapierre there, a longtime NHL player, NHL assistant. Uh, he's in Lehigh once again as the uh, the head coach there, and uh, the mandate there is um, is change, and they're trying to do a, a different way of uh, uh, doing things, um, a lot more accountability. I think that that's one of the first things that really struck me speaking with him, um, you know, and, and a lot more opportunities having to be earned. Uh, and I think you know it's they've had some tough drafts in the last several years. That certainly I think slowed down the pipeline. Uh, but they're starting to put some good talent in there. It's, it's, it's a model setup. It certainly should be a productive farm system, right? Um, you have your farm team a little more than an hour away, beautiful facility, uh, good support from the fan base. Uh, it's a place that players like to play. There's a lot to like. There's a lot in, in place already for, for the Flyers to, to bring their young prospects along. Now it's a matter of putting that talent into the system. And getting it to turn out uh, and being patient, and that's not always been a uh, um, a strong suit uh, for the Philadelphia. For sure. Now, now, what kind of impact or interaction does Torts have with the club, to your knowledge? I think it's more the culture that he creates, right? Like he's so demanding. I mean, I see the same job every head coach is demanding, but I mean, there are no short shortcuts, obviously, uh, anywhere there. And I think that message starts. You know, off-season development camp, tra- you, know, you know, training. They're all intertwined. In the training camp, right? And and so that 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 culture is already 
taking hold before those players even show up in Lehigh Valley. The challenge in Lehigh Valley is to maintain that standard. And that, that can be difficult, right? Like you have a lot of players coming and going. You have a lot of conflicting agendas among players. I think that's something that's not always completely recognized um, at this level is that sure there's team goals, but there are a ton of individual goals and that can be difficult to manage and navigate. Uh, so it's getting everybody on that same page, everybody kind of putting those, those individual goals into the mix you know, in furtherance of the overall team goals. And so it's that, that Tortorella accountability that starts early. And then you, you have to maintain that in the HL, no matter who's coming and going, uh, who's in your lineup, who's not. Uh, and then do so over either the course of a long, you know, six and a half, almost month season, just uh, before you even get to the playoffs. But I think early on, you know, I've seen them uh, several times already. It looks like a much much more structured team, a, a much uh, much more cohesive group overall. And I think we're seeing that now starting the wins of lost column as well. So in other words, LaPierre just line them all up to block shots to prove that they can make more <laughs> roster, right? Well, you know, if you're – well, no, but if you're going to play for Ian LaPierre, I mean, like, there's a guy that played, you know – Did he shatter his in. jaw? Wasn't he the guy that shattered his something? Yeah, it was his yeah, face. He took, yeah, he basically put his face in front of a puck. You know? Warrior. I mean, more power to him. If you, if you, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would do that. Well, Neither I know would I would do that, but that's why Torts, um, that's why Torts kept him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so, you know, like you're not going to fool a coach like that, right? Like now you were not saying everybody's going to obviously be able to eat a puck eat for that, breakfast. I guess that's standard, but the, you know, the details, you know, being accountable, stopping on pucks. All the things that coaches preach, right? Like over and over and over and over until you know, you know, players hear it in their sleep. But you know, that that's it's it's that day in and day out habits, right? And I think they're trying to create those um uh just that way of doing things, like you know, that that flyer way of uh, of playing. And it that, that doesn't mean fighting and all that. It means yeah, you know, you know, you, you can be tough and you don't ever have to drop the gloves, but being tough is going to the corner for a puck taking a hit to make a play, going into traffic, all those things that any player can do, right? You don't have to be 6'4", you know, 220 and an enforcer. It's about playing the right way. And uh, they're really trying to stress that. And I think you're starting to even see that, obviously, trip up with the Flyers as well. They're off to a decent start, and um, they're playing much better, you know, even wins and losses aside. But in, in the past, is it fair to say there was a bit of disconnect between the two? Yeah, uh, you know... Uh, a lot of bad drafts, uh, development, you know, like there wasn't a lot of consistency there. You know, you, you know, I think the, the Flyers had a lot of ter- turmoil up top and that, that trickles down, right? Like the message maybe isn't consistent coming down and, and, and that just, it carries over. Right. And then, um, you know, but, but, you know, just get back to what I said, like they have, they have all the pieces in place. This should be, you know, it's a well-resourced, um, team at both levels. Um, there's every reason that they should be a successful operation. It's just that they lost their way the last several years. And now it's a matter of kind of getting that shit back on track and, um, you know, finding the right course. And it's easier said than done. And it's, a, it's, a, it's not easy to, um, to turn that around right away. But um, I think we have someone like Tortorella 
constantly kind of in your ear preaching that preaching that preaching that. I mean, you're either going to do it or you're or you're not going to play there. I think that's that more or less. You, Ian LaPere didn't say in so many words, but the message was pretty clear speaking with him. Absolutely. I want to talk a bit about Kent Johnson and because mm-hmm. Kent Johnson is an interesting case here. You and I, we often go back and forth about this where there'll be yeah. situations where a player is sent down after being in the NHL yeah. and you know, there, there's some cases where I'll agree with you. It's the proper idea. Others where I'm like, you know what? This is definitely an impact. Like this is definitely a negative of the player, yeah. but the Kent Johnson case is an interesting one. And I think it, it kind of bodes into what you say about how it's the AHL could be a reset. You look yeah. at Kent. So, you know, Kent Johnson last year, he scores 40 points and, and Kent Johnson is a top tier prospect, a, a top, excellent top top, yeah. top, top cream of the crop going to be an excellent point per game player in the NHL. I have no doubt about that. But in looking at last year, one of the big problems with Columbus was there really wasn't a strong culture. There wasn't a lot of accountability, and there's a lot of guys kind of running rogue. And when you have a guy like Ken Johnson coming in, you want to let them be creative, right? Mm-hmm. You want them to, to play freely and all those things. But the negative and the short-sighted element of that is you sort of you sort of prolong and push off these bad habits, and then they eventually hit a wall. Yeah. So Johnson to start the year, you know, Pascal Vincent comes in. He's trying to implement the system. The system and the culture is a big thing he's been on. You saw yeah. he benched Line. He benched Goudreau. He scratched Line. So when you have Kent Johnson coming in, playing very east-west, turning pucks over, and not the and you know, not really adhering to the system. I'm not saying Kent Johnson's saying I'm not playing the system, mm-hmm. but that his yeah. game isn't really working in line there, you have a problem. And you can counter it by one of two ways. You either let him continue to do what he does. You you basically nullify the entire team aspect of what you're trying to do, or you send him down for a bit of seasoning. Now, in a perfect world, though, you have him start in the AHL. But yeah. when you got, have guys coming from college and promises are made or whatnot, it's not always attainable. But what Ken Johnson is doing right now in Cleveland, it's important. I think you mm-hmm. have him. He hasn't. He's never played center at the pro level. Maybe a couple games last year, but he's been predominantly a winger. He's now in Cleveland working on being better centerman. He's got like, what, 11 points in seven games. He could put 100 points up in his sleep in this league. Yeah. But what you have him focusing on is being a center iceman. And as you see, for example, like the faceoff circle, he's like less than 30%, I'm pretty sure, according to Instat. So there's work that needs to be done there. And in the AHL, center is center. Maybe slop your hockey. And I think that in this situation, Kent Johnson's in a good place with the Cleveland Monsters. That's my opinion. Well, <sighs> You know, hockey kind of at its you know most fundamental levels a, a read and react sport. So it's a it's a game of habits, really, just a, a collective group of habits, good or bad, right? And you know, you, you can go in there into a game. You know, yeah, I, I have no doubt that Ken Johnson wants to quote unquote play the right way. But when you're in a situation where some of those bad habits have really taken hold, it's it's hard to do right in in a sport that. You know, it's not it's not baseball, right? Like it's not okay. Stop, start, stop, start. You know, this is read and react constantly. And if you don't have those good habits in place, it really is going to be difficult, if not impossible, to, to really adhere to a system. And you and I both know Pascal Vincent, right? Like he is an absolute stickler for details. Like, and he will he will find the smallest little oh, yeah. little hole in your game or. or deficiency or what have you and just hone in on it not you know not because he's trying to be difficult he is he's very much a teacher though he's very methodical very analytical type of mind and you know i think ultimately you know like ken johnson 
is going to play in the NHL 10, 15 years, right? But you you want to get those habits in place now, like because it's like anything, right? The longer it goes, the harder it is to break those habits, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, whatever we're talking about, like if you if you bite your fingernails or you know whatever, you know, if you if you do it for for a week, that's one thing. If you do it for ten years and you're trying to break that habit, it's going to be difficult. So I think get them down to Cleveland now. Like you said, there's a ton of work to be done. You know, on those other side of, you know, the, the game, like, like obviously at Michigan and even to some extent last year in a, in a more of a freewheeling um, situation with Columbus. Sure. He can just get by on talent, but like that talent's only going to go so far in the NHL over the long haul. Well, you know what the, the negative is? And someone mentioned this to me, the net, the, sorry, not the negative, the, the consequence of, if you let mm. John keep going, it's what, what's what you're seeing with Trevor's egress. Mm. It's it's where you let a guy play freely during meaningless hockey for a team that's not trying to compete, not sorry, shouldn't say that, not trying to contend or not able to contend. You let them run rogue, let them score points, and they use their skill. And then when you try to reel them in and have them play a more complete game, or rather when they're up for a contract and you're really assessing their value, you have a problem. Like what what Trevor Zegers is going through now, you know, he had that little stint to the COVID year in the AHL, but. You know, you probably would have hoped to have him in the AHL to start again. It's one of those situations where it's like, why are you starting a guy in the NHL? Frankly, there's very few guys that should not start in the AHL to start. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I, I've been on this program and said before, Absolutely. I'm not I'm not against the NHL-CHL play agreement in some facets. I, I, I'm not someone that is fully AHL when I say this. But if you talk to a lot of people around the league, like, they will tell you how in a perfect world, you would start all these guys in the A because you don't, as much as this is the right decision to do with Ken Johnson, ideally you would have had him in the AHL to start and built up as supports are going up and down, up and down. And that's what I think you're kind of seeing here. Yeah. I mean, if you think of, you know, if had this analogy made to me, like you don't see too many people jump from high school right into, you know, nine to five world, you know, like most people have to go over some sort of follow-up education, whether it's training or university or whatever. It's the hockey. Why, why would hockey be any different, right? Like, yes, there's the, the odd phenom here, there, there's the Bedard, there's a Crosby, McDavid, those guys. But, like, there's a reason those guys are generational players. Most players are not that. And um, there aren't too many players I see coming out of either college or junior that don't have some something to work on in their game. I mean, there's NHL players that have something to work on in their game. And, and I think, sure, yeah, if you're, if you're a team like Anaheim for the last couple of years, and, yeah, you're not playing – you're not gonna. You're not gonna be playing. I don't say not meaningful, but you're not playing. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're not, not in contention down the stretch. Correct. You're not going into playoffs, and it, it, and you know you get second, third round. Where I mean, the the little, the smallest deficiencies in your game are going to get picked apart uh, by an opponent, especially like in a long series. So talents, like you can't, you can't like if you're a Zegers. You eventually have to get those habits out of your game. You can have all the skill in the world, but it doesn't mean that you're able to be an impactful NHL player. That's really what it comes down to. Like TJ Tyne, for example, right? He's such a skilled player, but because of his size or certain things like that little 1%, he hasn't become an NHL regular. Like that's how slim the margin is. Yeah, I mean, sure. And you know, can you outscore your mistakes, right? Exactly. How many guys can do that? Even even at, you know, Zegers level of, of, of skill, how many guys can do that? Mm-hmm. Not too many. Absolutely. I mean, and um, you know, if, if you're not if you're not outscoring your mistakes, you better be doing something else. And you know, like the, the old adage too, like 
you're not going to have your, your A game every night anyway, right? Like, so what else do you bring to the table on, on that odd night where you're in a three and four stretch and uh, you're just not feeling the puck on your stick right that night? Like, what else can you bring? Can, yeah. can you can you play PK? Can you can you go out there and you know protect a lead late in the game? Can you do something? Can you win a faceoff? Like you can't just get by a, a being able to dangle the puck. And, and yeah, depending. The last thing I'll, on this I'll say is, depending on which scouts you talk to, mm-hmm. the ones that are on organizations that value teams like this, a lot of the times they will say is, "What is this player on a contender?" Yeah. And you have to ask yourself that with Ken Johnson, like, "What is he on a contending team right now?" And when, when you're saying, well, I don't know, whatever, it's like, well, let's fix that because the talent's there, right? Yeah. The, the, the ability's there. He just has to fix it. And it's a good idea, especially when things up top are kind of a disaster. You know, adversity builds character and going on the HL and prove that does. Negativity and kind of being around that, maybe not the yeah. best thing for a young well, player. That's a great point, too. Yeah. I think there's something said for getting a, a young player out of a bad environment right now, bad situation, you know, where the losses are piling up to tons of pressure. I mean, we've all been around a team where the, lo- the losing continues, the losses mount, you know, and, and even at the HL level, that can be tense. You could take it up to the NHL level. It's like times 10. And I, I don't love the idea of a young player having to kind of be anywhere near that. Go to Cleveland. You're around all the guys, mostly your, your own age. Good. Yeah, yeah. Great team, real positive environment. Um, and go there and learn, you know, like you're, you're, you're out of the spotlight. There's no pressure. Um, and you can just really, you know, like, it's almost like, it's like going on a retreat almost, right? Like, you know, right. you can you can really get away from things and, 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 and buckle down and, and get to work on whatever you're trying to do. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. Let's get to our team of the week. The Charlotte Checkers, the AHL affiliate of the Florida Panthers. A couple of prospects you want to highlight on their team quickly here. First off, uh, Spencer Knight, maybe not technically a prospect, uh, especially because he's making those big bucks. But what we talked about this last night. I was curious. The reason he's AHL eligible actually has nothing to do with the fact that he was in the player assistant program. It's one of those weird loopholes. And you see it with uh, Kochikov in Carolina too, where he's only played 57 career games. So he's under the 80 game threshold. So he is waiver exempt still. Um, as I mentioned there before, Spencer Knight entered the player assistant program, had a great interview with Ken Campbell of the Hockey News, sharing his battle with OCD. And now he's with Charlotte, uh, seven games at 899 save percentage, getting things back to where he wants to be. And this is, and Paul Marie said at the beginning of the year, this is the plan they had in place, mm-hmm. and they're trying to build his game back up. Well, exactly. Yeah, like Florida, obviously, Florida went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Um, you know, two established goalies there. Let them play, right? I mean, and 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 just first off, like like full credit to him, like for for taking a step back last year recognizing that, you know, there was something he had to work on um, getting that squared away. Because, I mean, let's be honest, in any realm of life, if if there's something in, in your, you know, the foundational part of your life that's not right, it's going to be hard to really 
you know, maximize your, your, your skills, your abilities, you know, in, in whatever you're trying to do. And so he, he made a very mature decision to do that. Uh, and credit to, to obviously to Florida for, for, for backing him on that. And so like, he comes back and I, I think it's, it's the right move. Like, like forget about the contracts. Like, like what's the best long-term approach here. And I think it's, uh, it's again, it's a mature decision by the Florida Panthers in this case to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, sure. He's making three, what, three and a half million this year. Four and a half. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, you, you could be like, well, we got to keep him on the roster somehow. But all right. Is that, again, is that for the best for his long term, um, you know, 10 year outlook? No. Uh, so he's down. He's, he's, you know, a little, little banged up right now. Um, but, you know, it's, a, you know, Charlotte's always a good competitive team. And uh, it's a good, you know, good group. Uh, real tight team as well. So like he's in a, he's in a, a situation where like he can be the number one guy there and just, you know, you know, when he does get back in net, uh, um, take that team, you know, that's a team that I think is capable of going on a good long playoff run. And if Florida needs him at some point, he's right there. He'll be ready to go. He'll be, be fresh. He'll be, he'll be uh, kind of well, well tested in, in Charlotte. And I think it's, it's just a, a real smart decision all around. Next up, Mackie Samskovich first round pick in 2021 in his first full pro season with the Panthers uh, yeah. uh, in the HL with the checkers. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, you know, just another product, right. Of the Michigan, the, <laughs> the Michigan powerhouse hockey, hockey factory. Right. Like, um, and so, you know, he came out, you know, he left early huge year um, last season there with, with uh, the Wolverines Turned pro late in the year, went down to Charlotte, um, you know, a little bit at the end of the regular season, into the playoffs. So that, I, th- I think that, that was great, right? Like, you really got a taste of things, got to go, go in the summer. I spoke to him a couple weeks ago. He had a really good, good summer, even though it was an abbreviated one because he went up to Florida um, uh, with a bunch of the other Charlotte players as a black ace uh, for, for Florida's playoff run. Uh, so, so, you know, by that point, you're almost in July, but he made, you know, maximized his summer. Well, um, started the season off in Florida, actually made the team out of camp, went down to Charlotte, has been there since then. Um, just, I mean, I think if you know anything about him, like just an incredible skater, like, you know, the NHL edge, that new um, uh, stat oh, yeah. system, you know, he, uh, he hit 23, I think 23 miles per hour, four miles per hour. Yeah, it was it was one of like the top five, you know, at, at that point, wow. uh, the first week or two of the season. Like the, the guy can fly, is what yeah, I'm trying to say. For sure. uh, so you know, a lot like a Ken Johnson, tons and tons of skill. But like that's you know, obviously Florida is a little bit of a different situation, well, very different situation from Columbus right now. But um, they're not in a position where they need to rush uh, a young player. So he's going he's going to play in Charlotte. Um, he's going to round off his game and then you know if you need him at some point bring him up to, to Florida to, to, to pop in here or there but I think I won't be surprised to see him mostly stay in in uh, Charlotte for the better part of the season yeah uh, and again like that's a team that lot, lot, like I said with Knight this is a team that could could um, you know do some real damage in the playoffs so maybe he'll get a good playoff run and uh, we've seen what that can do you know time and time again for young players just like look at the shame right you know, going through that playoff experience last season. And then one more guy, uh, Lud- this isn't a traditional prospect. No. Seven years old, but yeah. Ludovic Weber, of, yeah. uh, you know, after spending the last couple of years in the Swiss League, 
joins the Charlotte Checkers. He's off to a very strong start. 918 save percentage in his first yeah. five games. Could so these are very hit and miss. These undraft, yeah. the, the, these European free agent goalie signings, very hit or miss. Yeah. It's early, but what's the 401 on him? Yeah, so you know, again, yeah, they are very hit or miss. They're also pretty low risk. It was a one year deal. You bring them yeah. over. Hey, if it works, great. If not, who cares? So be it. Like you, you, you cut your losses early, but yeah, six years in the Swiss league. Obviously, that's a top, top European league. Um, you know. Pretty significant international experience at different levels as well. Uh, so, you know, a very, very accomplished resume coming over. Um, you know, a guy that over in Europe uh, showed he could take on a heavy workload. Now, it's a little different um, with him. Like, so, like, you're coming in there. They have they have Knight and yeah. Matt Gusta, who was there last year in Charlotte as well. So, you know, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a traffic jam there in net. But now, uh, you know, Guzda and now Knight have been injured. So Weber started, uh, you know, he popped in there. Like, he hadn't gotten much time in the first couple weeks of the season, but uh, uh, started taking on the workload. Um, back-to-back wins last week in San Diego, including a shutout. So, yeah, like, he's, you know, it's an adjustment period, right, for any young – or not young goalie, but any goalie coming over, you know, different style of game, obviously, uh, from Switzerland, coming to the HL where, you know, it's chaotic and scrambly and, you know, guys driving the net and crashing the net, and, and it's just not the same game in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I, I like these kind of moves. I, f- I always find that intriguing. You know, like what both what prompts a player to kind of make that jump yeah. at this stage of his career, and then what what you know after all these years, like what you know why 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 why, why what did Florida see in him, right? You know, and like yeah. and sometimes when you start to date on them, you know, like it's something where you know like maybe they kind of flirted with flirted with each other for the last couple of years. I don't know that in, in his case, but um, I like them. Uh, I think there's, you know, you can find some, some, you know, some hidden gems in some ways and they're not so hidden, right? Like he's certainly a, a player that's certainly uh, well known over there, but you know, if, if you can, if you can maybe hit on even, you know, a handful of these, these moves and can find yourself uh, obviously some talented players. Let's get to our prospect of the week, Maxime Groshev of the Syracuse Crunch, third round pick in 2020 by the Tampa Bay Lightning, off to a hot start in his first pro season in North America, 13 points in his first 14 games, spent the last couple seasons playing in the KHL, even, you know, dating back to his drafter, he's been playing against men, comes over and the adjustments been so far pretty seamless for him. Yeah, uh, good size right off the bat, Uh, he's only 21, um, and he's one to shoot the puck, right? So, like, um, good combo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I think one of the challenges sometimes with young players is is to get them to shoot the puck. Uh, I think you know a lot of guys kind of you want to blend in a little bit. You don't want to, uh, and not that you intentionally set out to do it, but you want to. You don't want to kind of you know be you know stick out from the crowd. But like, you know, here's a guy who's willing to shoot uh, shoot kind of early and often. You know. From, from different parts of the ice, and I, I, I really am intrigued by this guy. He's a, uh, he's third round pick. He's in the Tampa system, so that's all. That's you know, right off the bat. That's a good start in terms of what he can provide or what can be provided to him there. Joel Bouchard coming in as a new head coach. That's going to be um, you know a very good teacher as well. So um, I think with with, with Groshev, it's just. You know, how quickly can you make that adjustment to, you know, he's, you know, he, he was in Europe, obviously in the KHL last year, it's 
remarkably different hockey in so many ways. Um, you know, and then you come into the HL, it's, the schedule's different, the travel's different. Uh, there's a lot to deal with, uh, obviously. So, you know, I think it's going to be a, you know, certainly a very much follow the Tampa model of patience. But, um, yeah, I think early on so far, and again, I'd love to see young players get some some of that production success under their belt early. I think it's good good for them to, to kind of get that payoff. And it helps to, I think, sell the message on, on you know, buying into all the other parts of their game as well. For sure. And I think it's good for Tampa because a lot of their hidden gems recently have sort of been uh, actually he doesn't clown as a hidden gem. He's a third round pick. Right. But a lot of their prospects in the system, they've been kind of creating these bottom six prototypes because of the the, the Sam Coast's Kutrov's points are such yeah. a staple there. And they still are for the most part. But having a Maxime Groshev that kind of screams like, OK, maybe a top six player here. It's encouraging for them because and yeah. I love Felix Robert. I think that anyone knows that listens. Yeah. Love him as a player. I love a lot of the, the, the guys in our system, but Groshev seems to be the first guy in a while coming through Syracuse where it's like, okay, if he hits, this could be a top six player. And that's exciting and encouraging for a Tampa team that, as we know, always needs those ELC contributors, needs those around the edge of their lineup, those those cost-effective guys. If Groshev can hit and they have a guy that can score 15, 20 goals or whatever it may be in the NHL, that's a massive home run for them. And it's incur- I, I can't say that I, I thought he would come in I suddenly didn't know much about him, but you look at it, he just kind of established himself as a strong KHL player. There's never a guarantee they can come over and do it this quickly. So it's encouraging for sure that he has right off the hop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, you know, size right off the bat, like that's that's a good starting point. And uh, he's able to use it. That works hard and able to use it, right? So, like, you have kind of have a good foundation there in place. Now it's a matter matter of kind of shaping it. But like I said, with a guy like Bouchard, there, you know, He's a very good teacher. Uh, I think uh, I think that's a good fit there. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's over, head over to around the eight before we close off today's show. Yeah. So around the eight, uh, how about those Abbotsford Canucks? Um, yep. You know, kind of uh, you know, in some ways mirroring the, the big club. You know, obviously Vancouver's um, had a nice start uh, early on. Uh, you know, at the NHL level, and now you have a team kind of mimicking that a little bit at the HL level and doing so with, um, you know, a good mix of, of young talent, you know, a few vets sprinkled in to kind of solidify things, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, a group, you know, like we've talked about Archie Baines coming in, like, you know, kind of setting the uh, chase waters, uh, the captain there. So like right off the bat setting the, that, the, the standard of hard worker, uh, Sheldon, your eyes, so on and so forth. You got Christian Willan and good veteran back on the, uh, you know, on the blue line. So the, um, their team, you know, like they had a good battle with Calgary last year in the playoffs. They lost that, that opening series, but um, a team that uh, showed that they could give Calgary a good fight and, you know, good, you know, at least a good portion of them back this year. Calgary's obviously off to a great start as well. So, you know, it's going to be fun to see that rivalry kind of really uh, take hold over the rest of the season. Um, next up is uh, Alistair Djokovic, right? <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think you know it's, it's fairly well documented. I uh, became first AHL goalie ever to uh, score twice now in his career. That is not. Um, he was on a condition his time and down with Wilkesbury Scranton in Providence last Friday. You know your your typical, you know, like kind of a long clear that uh, hit the uh, hit the net. 
And uh, two nights later, he's up in uh, in Pittsburgh uh, up against the defending Stanley Cup champs, uh, and has a strong start there as well. So, um, you know, like you know, full credit to him. Like he's had kind of his ups and downs. Obviously, uh, came in, came up as a big prospect with Charlotte uh, in the Carolina system. Went to Detroit, had kind of his ups and downs there. Has had to kind of reset his career in a way, and uh, is now uh, finding his way with with uh, with Pittsburgh as well. Last one is, uh, it's a sad one, um, Julia Mazur. Uh, we spoke about her a couple of weeks ago. She was the, the intern in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, uh, stage four uh, metastatic melanoma. Um, unfortunately, she passed away this past Saturday. Um, I know the team is, is going to plan a tribute to her, uh, you know, coming up. But, you know, with Hockey Fights Cancer Month, uh, you know, just uh, – you know, only 20 years old, just a real sad, real sad story. Uh, this is t- someone who is, is such a hockey fan. She changed her middle name uh, to hockey. <laughs> really? Was, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it's a funny story, but uh, um, just, you know, you know, a real kind of rink at heart, you know, like, you know, started there with the Penguins, you know, Wilkes-Barre at age 14, just looking for kind of a, any opportunity possible started with their ice crew, kind of worked our way up, uh, was going to uh, be interning in their front office this year and probably would have been well on her way to a long career, uh, you know, in the front office somewhere. Um, but unfortunately, uh, cancer is what it is. And, uh, you know, she passed away and it's just really, really sad, really unfortunate. And, you know, I just wanted to you know, pay tribute to her. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Pat. Uh, That uh, caps off our show today. Thank you for listening and for joining, and we'll be sure to catch you next week with everything happening in the AHL. And until then, take care.